I am in a McDonald's in a town, I believe, close to Searcy, Arkansas. I'm headed to the Ozark National Forest, which uh, the portion of the Ozark National Forest, which is in northern Arkansas. We're going to talk about these stops that I make. And I'll make, you know, I'll talk for about 10 minutes and then I'll break and come back at the next stop and so on. As we get a little country music interlude here in the McDonald's, we're going to do a little travelogue action in podcast 1115, the Bob Davis Podcasts. Well, you've heard me talking about the high price of fuel, the high price of um, oil futures contracts, which continue to vex people and cause more concern about inflation. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I encountered, I couldn't get it because they didn't have the smaller aperture, which is this vehicle takes the auto diesel uh, pump, not the satellite pump. And it's too bad because I ran across a Sitco in an agricultural town that had two gas stations. One of them had diesel at 332, where uh, most of the gasoline and diesel stations I've encountered uh, in Tennessee and Arkansas, it's anywhere between 419 and 439 or 449 right now. So 332 is amazing. And I couldn't get it, and it killed me. <laughs> now, across the street was uh, uh, a Valero at 389, and the only thing I could figure out is that uh, the locals, uh, th- these agricultural districts, or the, at least in this little town, somebody said, We're, We have too many farmers. This, they farm cotton down here, lots of cotton. And to my knowledge, I don't think there's a lot of tobacco in Arkansas, but there certainly was in Tennessee. And I think my suspicion is that, 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 or at least my scenario is the town said, we're going to do away with the fuel taxes, uh, at least put on by the city, during harvest time because everybody's got their combines out. And of course, they get terrible mileage. Why am I talking about this? Well, it just shows you the disparity in fuel prices. I finally hit it at 429. I've had it at 419. And I try to go to independently owned and operated refueling stations because I have to talk quiet because I'm in this McDonald's. Uh, You always get a better deal on fuel. And if you're in Minneapolis-St. Paul, your best bet is 36 Lynn. They're at 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis. I will tell you they are getting famous for uh, having a uh, well-apportioned healthy food in the store as well as locally sourced food you've heard me talk about that they're involved in the community which is very important and they're really setting the tone for the industry the convenience store uh, independent refueling industry so stop in and say hello and get a better deal on fuel 36 lynn check them out online at 36lynn.com and you can also check out their instagram feed at 36lynn on instagram So I come into these McDonald's and I get myself a medium coffee. Sometimes I get a cone because they have 
uh, 110 outlets and I can bring my power station in and charge it instead of worrying about charging it on solar. So uh, it takes about three days to run this thing down to roughly 45 or 44 uh, percent, sometimes a little bit lower, 36 percent. So when it hits that, I stop at a McDonald's and recharge. And so when I do that, uh, I'm just sitting here and it's very interesting to me. I'm just going to, this is one of the things I picked up while traveling. These are the things that you think about when you're traveling, which I think is, uh, is interesting. The whys, why this and why that. So if you're traveling in the Midwest and you go to uh, a truck stop or you go to a McDonald's, you're going to hear pop top 40 music or you're going to hear classic rock. Usually the classic rock is at the truck stop. So you're going to hear ACDC and you're going to hear, uh, you know, The Who, or you're going to hear Lady Gaga and uh, Katy Perry at, and, you know, the rest of the, of the uh, popular parade of, of top 40 music. If you go into any kind of a convenience store or truck stop or whatever, generally speaking... My experience has been that's what you hear. Sometimes it's country, sometimes it's pop, sometimes it's classic rock. In the Midwest, in out east, most of the time it's classic rock or it's pop. Uh, and I think it's interesting because here we are in the South and every place the South, whether it's the Mid-South or the South, so Arkansas and Tennessee are considered the Mid-South, it's always country music and I just want to say I do not understand country music it 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 it's so just listen to some of these lyrics I'm sitting here just listening to it's all it's this back of the pickup truck and you know let your hair down our life out here in the country is great it's terrible it's a ter- it's terrible music you go back to the, the the real groundbreaking country folk music of the 1920s, and it was like hard rock. It was like uh, hip hop. It was about people killing people and people that are dying and and things of that nature. Now it's about how country life is so much better than city life. And out here in the country, or worse. I don't have to think about it. It's not a thinking thing. Uh, I, you know, I, I have, I, I love you, and I don't have to think about it. Or it's not a thing to think about, our life out here in the country. I will say one thing for it. I do think country music speaks to a certain type of person. I suppose similar to the way that hip-hop spoke to people who lived in the cities. The, the, the rural voice is very clear in these country songs. And I think the, I think the rural voice speaks to a certain mindset in our country, even though it's terrible. <laughs> it's just terrible music. And it's like, here's a, you know, there's a song, there's a country song that's literally a ripoff of... Uh, 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 Thunder by ACDC. When you first hear it, you think that it's going to be Thunder by by ACDC. And you're like, how's that? The other thing I ran into at another McDonald's was I couldn't place the music. 
it sounded like uh, there was a song that sounded like Eddie Vedder, and there was a song, you know, and 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 there was a song that sa- sounded like Ario Speedwagon, and there was a song that sounded like the Jefferson Air- Airplane or Jefferson Starship. If you know, we built this city, and I couldn't place it, and then I realized it was Christian music. Looks like this thing is charged up to something like a hundred percent. So. I'm going to unplug, turn it off, and take it out to the truck and get ready to go to the next location. I stop a lot. I uh, I stop at rest stops sometimes, and also places where uh, you know, like truck stops or whatever, to make coffee or just to rest. Especially since, uh, like for example, today I started at about nine o'clock, and I don't know when I'm going to get done because I don't know how far this this whole Ozark mountain uh, uh, national forest thing is, is going to to be I have to say this my navigation has been superb I've talked about how I am navigating on the fly generally speaking I don't make too many mistakes navigating on the fly what that means is I kind of know the general direction I will look at a series of maps before to make sure I'm going to end up where I need to end up. Now, I'm heading to Arizona, and the ultimate uh, objective is Quartzsite. But I have, I'm have i going to meet some friends in Sedona, I'm sorry to say. Actually, they're going to meet their friends in Sedona, and then we're going to go up to, I think it's it's Cave Springs. It's a, I've been there a bunch of times. It's a, it's a U.S. Forest Service campground about eight miles north of... Um, uh, Sedona between Sedona and Flagstaff. It's a great place. So I can't go in. I, my intention before I sort of made this plan was I was going to go. I was going to go uh, the southern route, and I was going to come in through New Mexico. I've done that a couple times. Kind of gets old because there's really not a lot of features. There's a there's a couple of awesome campsites that are high up in the mountains. Uh, right around the, I think it's Portal, I think it's Portal, New Mexico, but it might be Portal, Arizona. But to get to the campsite, you got to go into New Mexico and go in from New Mexico to get up there. Anybody who travels a lot will know exactly what I'm talking about. Because of this Sedona thing, and because of the nature of travel in Arizona, and this is what I'm talking about, and again, if you're avoiding cities, well, you have to route yourself around cities on back roads. So it can be, especially in Arizona, difficult because 
of the mountains. You can't just navigate. You can't just do grids. You can't go right, left, right, because sometimes right, left, right is going to take you 100 miles out of the way, which can be really vexing. So what I've decided to do is I'm going to go across the northern part of Arkansas, across the northern quarter of Oklahoma, don't even know the routes yet, on into the northern quarter of Arizona. If I get there early enough, I'll probably go up into Utah. There's a, a BLM campground near Canyonlands, which is actually... You can't get into Canyonlands, for, first of all, the national park, to camp. So there's a couple of BLM uh, campgrounds up there that are completely outfitted like national park campgrounds. They're great, and usually they're deserted this time of year. So I don't know what the temperature's going to be, but I'm going to go that way. So that's, that's why I am currently traversing toward uh, the northern tier of Arkansas, and it's really difficult because... We have, in Arkansas, there, uh, there's a lot of mountains, and there are a lot of rivers, and there aren't a lot of bridges. And so you end up having to really route yourself through these uh, complex, this sort of complex network of uh, state and national highways so that you don't have to go into Little Rock, for example. And again, since I left New Hampshire... I have not been in a major city. I skirted. Yesterday was beautiful. Let me just say, yesterday was beautiful. Because yesterday, I, I, I came west out of Nashville, or Nashville, as they say it. And I came straight, pretty much straight west across Tennessee, got myself into a position. I wanted to stay in the northern tier of Tennessee because I wanted to enter Arkansas from the from the northern quarter. But I, I didn't... You know, they have all these alternate highways. And so if you... If you well, it was 70. I was taking 70. And I think 70 is either a U.S. highway or a, st- a Tennessee state road. I don't remember. Actually, it's a Tennessee state road because it was the first... It's, it's also called Route 1 because it's the first uh, highway in Tennessee. So I was on 70, but then they have 70 alternate, they have 70 business, and they have 70. Well, I ended up on 70, and that kind of planes downward. So I ended up going further south than what I wanted to, or farther south than what I wanted. So I figured out how to get, I was like, ooh, I don't want to go into Memphis, because 70 runs right down into Memphis. So I was like, and I'm talking about Tennessee 70, not U.S. 70. So I thought, how am I going to do this without having it on 40? Because I wanted to avoid the freeway. So I ended up getting on 51. And I think 51 is a U.S. highway. So it's U.S. 51. It literally goes right down the river bottom, right there along, I think it's the Mississippi. It is the Mississippi. The beginning of the famous Mississippi River Delta, right? So to the south of Arkansas, you know, we're in blues territory, right? Down 51, it skirted Memphis, and then I jumped on 70, U.S., no, U.S. 40, and completely avoided Memphis, and then spent the night last night in a rest area, ran into some people 
who, and I'm sorry I don't remember their names, it's terrible, but I forgot their names already. <laughs> who were driving a big rig, like a, uh, uh, a beautiful Class A, you know, massive uh, rig with a, a, a Ford F-150 being trailed behind it. And it's so interesting because it's different worlds. You know, my world is very much dirt roads and back roads and they were saying, well, we can't go on the back roads because of clearance issues. This thing is 13 and a half feet high, and we don't want to tear the top off like a can opener. And... But it was beautiful. It was a beautiful rig. I, I'll just tell you a quick story, and then it's going to be time to go. I don't know about you, but I do remember my parents driving across the country. And my mom's job was kind of to look at maps. My dad looked at the maps a lot. And there was a lot of fighting about which way to go. <laughs> there was a lot of harsh language. <laughs> which, and they were mostly doing interstates. So it's kind of funny that, that I've developed this skill uh, of being able to pretty much navigate on the fly with just hard you know hard maps I don't use Google I don't hardly ever put in directions I will use Google I'm not against it I will use it if I get into a situation where I don't want to mess up so if I'm in a localized situation and I know where I'm going I'll put in if it's 10 miles or something I will allow myself to do Google to make sure I don't mess up right or map it whatever I use but most of the time I am on the maps and what happens is you become very familiar with the state you're in and very familiar with navigation in the state because you're doing it on the fly. But the real tricky part, especially when you get someplace like Arkansas, is you're making turns and switching highways like every 40 you know, miles, every 20 miles. And if you miss a turn, well, you're going to end up in a part of the state you didn't want to end up in. It's not that it's a problem, it's just you now have to backtrack or you have to go up or down because that's what's offered to you. So doing this is just having my maps right here and everything else are, is great. So I'll stop at one of these rest stops and I will get my maps out, sit uh, at the table and uh, and figure out what's the next step what's the next leg of this journey without really knowing and I love that I've gotten myself into a little bit of a I was bragging about how incredibly good I was at navigating <laughs> and actually I don't think it's a navigational problem but I have gotten myself into a situation where... So I'm up here in the Ozark National Forest, which is very... Actually, this part of it is pretty much at the northernmost part of Arkansas, uh, midway through the state, east to west, and it says Ozark National Forest. And a couple of different maps I looked at, it appeared to me that they were campgrounds here and there. Well, I got into this national forest and there are no campgrounds I mean I've driven for probably it feels like I've driven well probably driven almost an hour when I got it I got up in here about 3 30 my hope was 
that I was going to find a campground close to the mouth of, of the, you know, the entrance to the National Forest. Because sometimes you know how these National Forests are. There's campgrounds, you know, every five or six miles or every 10 or 15 miles. And I thought, well, I'll get one right up close so that when, tomorrow I can just pull out and head out without too much difficulty. So I, I'm, I probably driven at least 15 miles south and there's no campground. So I, I, I saw this opening and it dawned on me, I'm seeing these little sort of, I don't want to call, they're like uh, driveways. And it looks to me like what they're doing is they're just saying, hey, just do the dispersed camping. So I'm driving right now on a dirt road that supposedly there's a horse campground six and a half miles down and I've been on some bad dirt roads this one isn't the worst uh, I it, it, it compares slightly to the one that I was in uh, Dinosaur National Park going out the back way after I went to Echo Park it's not quite that bad but I'm a con- my concern is it was going to get that bad so I turned around about half a mile away and now I'm headed back out in uh, the outward direction to just get out of here because I don't I don't really want to go six and a half miles down on the bad road people ask me why do you have all-terrain tires on your bus well this is why you know People ask me, why don't you just go buy a Class C or a used, you know, used Class C or used Class A? This is why. Uh, the ambulance clearance is about 10 feet, maybe, 9.5 feet. It has a little bit more space than um, a travel van for you van life people. So it's wider and it comes with storage inside already. So there's some real pluses to ambulance, specifically this size ambulance. So this is the E450 or F450 size ambulance. It's not uh, the big Freightliner size ambulance or what I call Freightliners, but they often they're they're built with Peterbilts or International, and they're built on bus frames. This is built on an E450 frame, and this is why. Because I can get in and out of a place like this, and before it gets too hairy, I can turn around, which I just did. And if I can find a place down here that uh, I can... I think when I came in, I thought I saw sort of a turnaround that looks like a campsite. So I'm going to go check that out when I get there. But as I am cruising down this road, you can hear the rumble of the engine and you can hear the, the rocks and stuff underneath these tires. This is why I don't have a camper type uh, rig. This is why I don't have highway tires on my vehicle because highway, and I've had highway tires and I've punctured them on exactly this kind of surface. So I will probably always have, they're loud, they vibrate uh, if you're on freeways and you're going more than 70 miles an hour. They, they vibrate something fierce and it, it, they, wear, they wear weird and all that. But 
when you're on this kind of a surface, it's unbeatable. And you'd be surprised how many times, you know, we nomads end up on one of these surfaces. Because you're looking for that great, fantastic campground that's right on the water. There's nobody else around and whatever. Now, tonight, I'm just looking for a place to stop at this point. And they do allow dispersed camping in uh, in the national forests. My feeling is that these little entrances that I've been seeing uh, indicate that they, they encourage people to do uh, dispersed camping. I saw that in Colorado. This one actually has a road to a campground. Supposedly, there's another campground down there, but I got a signal for a minute, and I checked Google, and it's a town, so I don't think that's a campground. So I'm going to get up here to this little ellipse and pull over and take a look to see if I can camp in there. My... And my suspicion is that I can. I just don't want to be... I don't want to be literally by the side of the road. And I tried to go into one down the road a bit. And that one, I had to turn around because that one was impossible. So, you know, if you have four-wheel drive... if you, Now, this is not a four-wheel drive uh, ambulance. If you have four-wheel drive, it's probably a little bit better. But the thing is, even with bigger tires and all-terrain and blah, 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 you can still puncture a tire if you aren't careful in what you're doing. I have to keep an eye on this road ahead and it's vexing because I do not, you know, these rocks can be very sharp, especially if they've come through and graded it uh, recently. They'll cut these rocks and they're as sharp as a knife. And that's what happened to me last time. So I'm going to pull over here and uh, let me stop and check out this uh, let me stop and check out this this spot so what you're looking for is uh, you're just looking to see, oh, it looks like there's a little fire pit. Not really a fire pit, but a place where they've had a fire. So it looks like somebody has camped here. And there's like a little area where I could pull up, but that's not very level. There's a level spot right here. So I think what I'll do is go out and just uh, get in and pull it in. so I gotta go around.
Well, there you go. That is uh, that is my life. Now, I could probably have done a lot more segments because I've stopped more than the ones I've recorded, but uh, it's just a, a little bit of a taste. And I did not record me getting up and making coffee and stuff because I did that. I did one of these ride-along podcasts a couple of years ago, and I remember I recorded the coffee making and everything else, and I just don't think that's necessary. Suffice it to understand that I'm moving every day, at least a couple of hundred miles. Some some days are, are not as much. This day was a lot of mileage because I ended up going north quite a lot of the time, and now I've come south probably 15 or 20 miles, so I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Either go back up and go across or cut down by this place called uh, Flats or something like that uh, and maybe make it make my... I guess what I'll do is make my way out on this Highway 14 that takes me back up and then I'll get into Oklahoma someplace uh, north of here. Hopefully it won't be too many miles. But today was a lot more driving because I had to get up here. That meant that I had to drive north. So I I don't like... uh, 90 degree angles, but I had to take a 90 degree angle to get up here. So now I'm within striking distance of northern Oklahoma, and that's the plan. And I had a great meal tonight. I built a fire, and the cool thing about this is within 10 minutes, I had a steak on the grill, I had a salad, and I had some broccoli cooking on the grill at the same time that I had the steak going. And within 15 minutes, I had a full cup of black coffee and my dinner with my A1 sauce and a delicious steak. And I, I've been really careful about eating. I've been eating a lot of beef jerky and nuts because I just don't want to eat too much. So I've been eating one meal a day or none and just eating beef jerky. Last night, I had beef jerky for dinner. And it was I got a bunch of beef jerky from, uh, I hate to say it, uh, Whole Foods. <laughs> But it's really good. You got to go with quality with beef jerky. And the same with trail mix. Get the double feature 360 trail mix. It's delicious. And again, I come to the conclusion that this experience is a very high vibe. Yes, I have an objective. Yes, I have a plan. I'm going to meet friends. I'm really excited about that. And all of that is there. But it's the movement for me and the opportunity to process. So this summer, from April on down the line, I've spent a lot of time with friends and family. And spending time with friends and family, and I'm talking about friends that have known me for 30, 40 years, uh, is great. It's a a great experience always. I have to process those experiences. And the travel day to day as I roll west really helps. The weather has been incredible. The moon is full peeking through the uh, trees. It's dark now. You can hear the loam of the bugs in the late summer. I will say it was 92 today. So I have gone from summer to summer to fall to summer again. And it's wonderful just being able to sit out here in the quiet and the dark and the warmth. I do want to mention my friends that do GardenGurusMN.com. 
these are the great landscapers and garden experts that can hook you up if you're looking to stage real estate, if you are doing a corporate uh, account like a restaurant. They can prepare your garden for next year, so it's something to think about Feb, March, uh, when you're looking at your garden and it's under all that snow and the snow finally melts, it looks terrible. Get these guys out to prep your garden at the very least, or they can do the whole thing. Corporate, real estate staging, and garden building as well. You need a place when you're back in the world and you're under all that pressure. You need a place to be able to just kind of have this peace and uh, this sense of, of, I don't know how else to, it's a higher vibration. You need that in your life and garden gurus can help you out. All right. Thanks for listening to Bob Davis Podcast 1115 On the Road with Bob. Thanks for listening to the Bob Davis Podcast. Thanks for subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Over 1,500 subscribers and still growing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can get the podcast at Audible. Uh, People keep asking me to mention that, so you can use uh, that Amazon uh, robot (laughs) to find the Bob Davis Podcast. Uh, You can also get the Bob Davis Podcasts at iTunes, as I mentioned, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible, and uh, there was one other one. Oh, yeah, Spotify. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1115. We're still on the road, still loving it. (sighs) I hear the train a-coming. It's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry 